Welcome to the Vacate Victimville podcast, where we champion mental wellness and a growth mindset. I'm your host, Vernice Cooper, and I have one question. Are you ready to grow? Welcome back to the Vacate Victimville podcast season two. Today, I have a very, very special guest. I have my very own pastor, Shamar Lewis, one of the most dynamic millennial visionaries of our day. And he's on a mission to help people experience a fresh start by building their lives and or businesses from scratch, utilizing transformational spaces of worship, transformational content, and transformational coaching, which we're going to get into He is determined to lead as many people as possible into a thriving life. Pastor Shamar is a senior pastor of my home church, Fresh Start Church in Vallejo, California, and he is here today to discuss one of his passions, a healthy money mindset, and this concept of freedom. And today, particularly, we're going to talk about financial freedom. So um, welcome, Pastor Shamar. I'm so excited to have you today. I am so glad to be here, uh, Bernice. I want to say thank you so much. Even though I serve as your pastor, you still didn't have to invite me. And so I count it an honor to be here, to be able to add value as much as possible to specific areas regarding finances um, during this particular podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. So I always like to start with uh, this question. Tell us where you're from where you currently reside, and where you're headed. All right. So I'm from Richmond, California, um, born and raised, and uh, I reside in Vallejo, California, about probably about eight, nine years ago. We moved here um, six years ago, um, planted a church um, entitled Fresh Start Church, as she's already shared. Um, and I um, always tell people when they ask me, where am I headed? I always say this. I'm taking one season at a time. Um, and when I think about where I'm headed, I just know wherever I'm going, it's, it has to do with adding value to people's lives. And so I think that is the key. It's not really a, a specific kind of tangible destination as much as making sure that I continue to operate in my purpose. And part of that is, is adding value to people's lives while God has me here on earth. Okay. He's already getting started, y'all. He's already starting. He's already starting. Oh, yeah. So what I, what I love um, is that um, you're not just uh, pastoring the church, but you're very passionate about teaching Yes. Um, the members of the church. And so that's why I wanted you on the mic on the podcast to talk about like what is a healthy money mindset? Like what does that even look like, not just for believers, but like for people in general? Yeah, I saw so I always before anytime I'm doing coaching or financial coaching with um people. I always tell them before we can deal with the numbers, we have to deal with your mindset. I like a particular quote that uh, I believe Mark Cuban says, if you can't perform mentally, you can't perform physically. Right. Mm. Right? And so people often will always try to tell you what to do 
but they don't tell you who you need to become. Mm. And in order to get to the do, we got to first deal with who do you see yourself as and what do you believe? And so it's dealing with the mindset. And so sometimes um, often people want to jump right into numbers and think, okay, I got it. But I've always realized anytime I've started with numbers with somebody, they've always normally reverted back because they dealt with the do, but we never stopped and dealt with the who do I need to become. And so example of this is, you know, I'm not just trying to help people um, make a budget. I'm trying to help people become a budgeter. Mm. Right. There's a difference. Right. I'm not just trying to get you to do something. I'm trying to get you to become the person you need to be to do what you need to do. Um, and so you can have that full um, experience of what transformation financial freedom looks like. And so I always tell people, you know, my passion is my passion is all about helping people transform their financial mindset to help them develop money management skills that in hope um, allows them to really live freely and walk in a plan that God has for them. And so it all starts with the mindset. And so I want people to be confident. What is the mindset? So you ask the question, the healthy money mindset, right? Um, so when we talk about, when I talk about healthy money mindset, I talk about really in order to have a healthy money mindset, you really have to deal with the root of the mental barriers um, of having a healthy mindset um, that has to do with money. So oftentimes money problems are seldom the problem, mm. right? They're usually a symptom to something else that's going on. And so in order to really deal with a healthy money mindset, or should I say to really get a healthy money mindset, we have to face what we've been running from. And a lot of that has to do with mental barriers. Mm. Yeah. And I call the mental barriers, AKA excuses. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's a lot, but yeah. Can we unpack a little bit? Of, so, okay. so first of all, I think what I heard was you financial coaching is really life coaching. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, when you learn how to manage yourself, well, it helps it. It helps you do a little better with your money. But this is when I talk about mental barriers and really helping people um, have a healthy mindset, we really deal with with like the men four mental barriers that I've come across that mm -hmm. usually impact people um, really not having a healthy mindset. So one of the mental barriers is generational patterns, mm. right? So you hear things like this when I'm doing coaching with others, nobody taught me about handling finances, Right. So that's a generational pattern because um, no one ever taught me. Then that barrier is built up mentally to say, then I can never have a healthy mindset because of the generational patterns that I always grew up in. Right. So that's one. Wow. Can we. Uh, OK, 
you, okay. See, he's already come. He's coming for us today. He's already coming for us. So let me just say this. Let's deal with that generational pattern piece because um, I was reading Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv, Harv Ecker. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about him and the difference between how he grew up and his wife grew up and how it caused so much friction in their relationship because of how they grew up around the concept of money. And he said, because his parents were entrepreneurs and they sometimes they had money and sometimes they didn't, money meant security. Mm. His wife, who grew up without anything, every time she, she wanted money because money meant freedom. Mm. And so every time he told her not to spend, he was suspending her freedom. <laughs> and every time she was spending, he was met, she was messing with his security. Mm. So those generational patterns, you're right. They actually... All they do is evolve and move in with you into the next relationship. So huge. Right. And oftentimes I I would hear people um, say, you know, because grandma or my mother has always been bad or terrible with money management, automatically they throw that pattern on them. And so in in the church world, we will hear people say things like this. I don't have the gift to manage money. Well, managing money is not a gift, right? <laughs> it's not a spiritual gift. Yeah, it's not a spiritual gift, right? So there's three there's three major kind of skills and talents, right? You have your spiritual gifts, then you have acquired skill, and then you have natural talent. Mm-hmm. And so managing money is has to do with acquired skill. And so what I have to help people understand when we're dealing with mental barriers, if you want to have a healthy mindset, we have to first deal with these things head on to know that there are barriers that you have built up in your mind, but they do not have to stay there. Number two, um, there's another mental um, barrier that I usually deal with is financial trauma. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Yeah, financial trauma. Explain that one. Okay. So when we talk about financial trauma in the financial coaching world, we talk from a standpoint of everyone around me struggle with finances. My friends, not just my family, my coworkers. So because everybody else struggle with with managing finances, then because it, it starts to traumatize you to believe then automatically that is an excuse why you can stay managing your finances poorly. Oh, oh my. Right. So you have generational patterns where like, oh, I didn't come from a family that taught me this thing. Then you got financial trauma based upon what I've been exposed to in my circles. Automatically, that means that if they struggle, then that means I automatically going to struggle. Mm. Yeah, that, that that that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because those two can you you can just get the first two generational patterns and yep. financial trauma just from your family of origin, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like putting money money under the exactly. mattress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't trust those banks. Yeah, yeah. Put it under there, <laughs> or in the shoebox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that favorite shoebox. <laughs> or hide it. You can even hide it in the Bible because some people are not going to pick that hey, thing up. Listen, 
another mental um, barrier, Bernice, when we're dealing with just trying to help people have a healthy mindset um, is also financial depression. Oh, financial depression. And usually this is where the person is so far into debt. They're so far into debt that there's no thought or every time they think about getting out, they're like, no, I'm too far. I can't do it. So so because of so many bad decisions that they made with money has them feeling like they're so far in debt, it causes them to not even want to try to change the mindset. Wow, that makes sense. Right. So you like like, you know, you like I've been dealing with this for half my life. And so because I'm this deep. There's no way that I can turn it around. So like those three major things are things that we always have to confront Um, myself when I'm coaching people, if they want to have a healthy money mindset, because if we don't deal with some of these mental barriers, no matter what I say about budgeting, like you already telling yourself, look, I come from a family that don't have that don't have good patterns with managing money. Um, everyone around me um, is is struggling financially. And then guess what? I'm too far gone in debt to even think I can change this around. Yeah. And this, I think this is important for my audience because I always talk about um, Victimville being a mindset, mm-hmm. right? It's the imprisonment of our own thoughts. And what I hear you saying, Pastor, is like, Yes, yes, you, you your thought process might be in prison, but what if I told you that you actually have the key? Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, Bernice, it reminds me of um in your book when you deal with the forgiveness freeway. Mm. Right. And so um like when I'm dealing with people that's struggling regarding managing money. And trying to like fix their mental, um, fix their mindset. I, I tell them sort of like you mentioned in your book, just because you've been on the freeway for a long period of time doesn't mean there's not exits that you're passing up to start dealing with something to start to start helping you change that behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the things I have to do is tell people, give yourself permission to forgive yourself. Mm. Like give yourself permission to forgive yourself because the longer and longer you're beating yourself up, the longer and longer you're driving on this freeway of bad mistakes. But every time you're beating yourself up, you're passing up the opportunity to exit off the wrong freeway to start turning around. So I want to just warn the people, if you're if you want a financial coach and you think you're ready (laughs) to um, work with Pastor Shamar Lewis, I just want to say, um, Right now, that looks like you're going to go through a therapy session for oh. <laughs> we're only in the first three. What, what is the fourth barrier? So I, uh, the fourth barrier. So we have the three generational pattern, generational um, trauma. Um, you have financial um, depression. And then I, I, I almost mentioned this as like a sub point, but that people don't make excuses that they where they say I wasn't born with this. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born 
with this gift. I wasn't born with these type of skills. And the great thing about money management um, skills, they can be acquired. You can learn them, right? You can learn them. It may be, it may not be as easy as others, but once you understand your why, and I said this, I think last night, if you don't, if the, if the price of your why is too high, um, the commitment will always be too high, right? So if you don't know your why, the price of commitment will always be too high. Mm. And so it's starting back there, helping people understand like, okay, like what is my why? I know I naturally may not feel like I have these acquired skills of managing money, but is my why big enough to make me acquire these skills, though they have not always come my way easily? Okay. Okay, this is this is this is turning into something very assaultive. Um, here, let, let, here, let's talk a little bit about. I'm glad you said that it's acquired skills, which means people can. It's attainable. Oh yeah, right. What do you say to the person who's like, "Well, I don't know where to start." They're in that financial depression. So right? yeah, yeah, I. I it really goes back to mindset. And when I deal with this, it goes back to you have to start believing you either believe in a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Mm. Right. So a fixed mindset says this is too hard because it's too hard. I can never learn it. A growth mindset says, yes, this is hard, but with more practice, it will become easier. Mm. A fixed mindset says, because I've always been challenged with it, I'll never get better at it. But a growth mindset says, view cha- a growth mindset says, I view challenges as an opportunity. An opportunity. <laughs> and like a fixed mindset, I always tell people like a fixed mindset acknowledges, but a growth mindset says, I acknowledge and I embrace my imperfections. Oh. Right. So it's it's really so if you're going to adopt this healthy mindset, you got to believe just because I've always been one way doesn't mean that I can't grow out of it. Mm, mm, mm. Right. So, so you're trying to keep hope alive. And <laughs> like so. So all through my coaching sessions, I always tell people my goal. One of my goals into helping them change their mindset is also to inject hope in them. Like no matter where you're starting at, there's always somebody that started off worse than you. The question is, do you believe that just because you've been this way, do you believe that there's opportunity to change? And understand this, it's not going to happen overnight. Like acknowledge your imperfections, embrace them, but it doesn't mean that you cannot still grow from them. Yeah, it also puts a lot of the responsibility back on the person that you're coaching or back on the one person who says they want financial freedom. But I I meet in this journey um, with the Vacate Victimville brand. um, I meet a lot of people that are constantly talking about, well, I can't because of them. So I have a, like a, a, I have a question um, because Victimville is not a real place. Um, Is there a bank in Victimville 
I don't know if you can answer that. Like, no, you know. I always tell people, <laughs> I tell you specifically, if there's a bank, right? Like, um, I, I will say that there, there are various lending institutions, right? That I believe are good in some areas and not good in others, right? So I don't think there's one institution that just meets all criteria, right? I, I think I think depending on what you're trying to accomplish determines the institution you choose, right? Because there's some off top like credit unions, right? Um, then you have certain other accounts where people use where I may use a bank for an investment account, but it's not necessarily mean I have my money sitting there in the savings account, right? Mm -hmm. So really understanding um, the many institutions that we have and understanding like, what am I trying to accomplish and what do they have to offer? And always, I always tell people this, just because you bank with one um, banking institution for the majority of your life, do not be afraid to go outside to get more information. We feel like because I opened up that savings account and checking account and, and they and, gave me twelve dollars in 1982. I'm a yeah, I'm sticking with them and don't even realize with some of the accounts, if you take out a certain amount of money or make a certain amount of withdrawals out the month, they go charge you $12, right? So like understanding the nuances that help people understand where it's like, hey, find out what actually are you seeking this banking institution for um, and then make the determination based upon your homework, right? So if, if I'm, if I'm, potentially buying a car, right? I, there may be one institution that may be great at savings or even um, lending money regarding, you know, housing, but their interest rate may be a little bit higher when it comes to me purchasing a car, right? So don't, 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 don't be stuck. You know, I'll put it like this. Loyalty has its limits. <laughs> oh, it really does. And, and you mentioned, homework and, and research. You you give your clients homework around this financial stuff? This is what I tell I tell them. My role as their coach is not to give them the answer, right? My role as their coach is to help pull things out of them and, and give them probing questions that maybe they did not think about mm -hmm. that will help them lead to the answer that will be best um, sufficient for them. So um, sometimes I will, but overall, I always tell them, hey, my homework may not be so much I'm giving you an assignment, but my homework may be making sure that the questions that I've asked you that you thought out and not just making decisions based upon your emotion because you want to mm -hmm. versus sitting down, taking some time to ask like, hey, do I really need that? What purpose is that going to serve for me? How am I going to feel after I sit with it for a week or two? You know, like, like when I make those purchases, so many times we make purchases in the midst of emotion. Absolutely. Right? We're, we're, emo we're emotional beings. Yeah. That's what, that's what I wanted to know for you, like from, from a coaching perspective, um, when you're talking to people about their why, how do you help them arrive to that? Because sometimes 
we can't connect our finances to the larger why. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. I always start off with the question of like, I want you to write down for me. Why do you want to be financially free? Mm-hmm. I just listen. I don't want you to overthink it. And you'd be surprised. Some people are saying like, you know what? Um, I'm tired of struggling, living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, believe it or not, there's another um, um, land that people live in. And some people don't think it exists as much as it do, but overdraft land. There are some people that literally live their life in overdraft land, right? Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't tell them why, but I try to kind of just just pull out of them, hey, why do you want to experience this? Like what what does what what will it do for you emotionally? Mm-hmm. What peace of mind will it help give you? Would it will it help you not have as much anxiety every time you get your check? Wow. So you're actually reaching for the intangibles. Yep. Right. Not so much of the tangibles like I want a house. Correct. Because I want a new car necessarily, but also getting to that. Because the why really is connected to greater purpose. Yep. And it can be, and I always tell people, it don't have to be this or that, but it can be this and that, right? I think the key is just making sure for people overall is like what happens then when you get the house. So then you go back to bad money management, right? So it's like, while you're on the road to financial freedom, these are some things that I want to accomplish. So I don't want to just get a house just to get a house. I want to get a house because I want to have it in our family and pass it down to my children for legacy, right? So just understanding like the house is a tangible thing, but there's something bigger beyond that tangible thing that you want to set up. So you want to get a house, yes, Things are outrageous right now. But the other part why you want to get a house is because you're setting up your kids and family for legacy. Right. So then that 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 leads us into. One of so like one of the biggest mental challenges that people have regarding this topic when I'm dealing with them in financial coaching is budgeting. The B word, the B word. It is one of it, it is. The budgeting, 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 budgeting. <laughs> and, you know, a scripture comes to mind to me, Proverbs 27 and 23. It says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. Right. And that particular scripture essentially um, is it, saying like, hey, check out where your money is. Right. Know where your money is going, know how much you have. And so what I have found out when find what I have found out when I am helping people deal with the mental aspect of budgeting. Many people do not want to make a budget because that means they have to look at the mistakes that they feel like they don't want to look at. That makes sense. Right. So I used to think, like, why is it so hard to make a budget? Like, it's not so much even the mechanical part. It's that I now have to face things that I've been running from. And it's easier for me to ignore it so I don't have to deal with it. Well, I mean, back to the B word, Pastor, um, 
really a budget, especially if you're when you're doing it for the first time, like a real one, a budget is like going to the doctor and getting a financial diagnosis. It is. Like, I don't want to know the diagnosis. Like, I know I've been having these symptoms. Well, it is. I think, and that that's one aspect to look at it. But then the other aspect that I challenge um, uh, my um, coaching clients to think about is, um, do you rather catch the symptom earlier enough where we can treat it? Or you rather ignore it to the point when you find out you're getting ready to die? Oh. Like, you, you, you choose. Like, do you want to live or do you want to die? Yeah, well, you know, it, it it gets to that because, like, literally, when we talk about budgeting, Vernice, it, 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 I always tell people a budget is giving your money purpose. Oh, I hope y'all wrote that one down. <laughs> a budget is giving your money purpose, and so. The, the other thing about that is that just because you do a budget at the top of the year, that same budget in January is not going to work for February, March, April, May, June. So, so some people are, are very shocked because now they have to be disciplined to create a new budget towards the end of every new month, right? Say so like, like, Coach Lewis, why, why can't you use the same budget? Um, that I had in January for February, right? So let's say if I'm talking to somebody that's married, I'm like Valentine's coming up in February. You didn't have to count that in January. Yeah. So like that's that's a different ball game. Like let's let's play. So we don't want you just to put numbers down to make you feel well. We want you to put numbers down where we're like, look, we're going to work this. But you know that is one of the the biggest thing. So I have to really encourage and help and inject hope into people and say, Hey, a budget is giving your money purpose, but also that your budget doesn't have to be perfect starting off. Oh, it doesn't like I always tell people for the first three months of budgeting, like give yourself grace. It's you're not going to hit it every single time. Cause you're trying to just work this thing out. You're trying to figure out, you're trying to get used to living on a budget and the budget is not to to handy or to to handcuff you. But the budget is to help you live in freedom. Hmm. It's right? hard to, you know. I, I'm a I'm a budgeter, but I can imagine, especially when I first started budgeting, I can imagine this for other people. It does feel like a new form of. Uh, it feels like a new form of imprisonment. It does. First, it was just in my mind. Now it's in my pockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, now it's on my conscience. Right. Which then, when you in that struggle, it's so important to going back to like, okay, wait, why am I doing this again? The big L. Yeah. Like, 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 why? What am I trying to accomplish? Because it was, it was, I felt better when I went out and just bought some Gucci shoes. Right. Right. But, but then turn back around and, and say, saying like, Hey, but I still don't have the money to do the necessary things I need to get done. And that's because you was telling yourself that you had more money than you really had. And so like, it, it really starts up. And another thing when, we, when I'm talking to people regarding budget is, 
Um, some people think they have to wait until they're no longer behind. Oh. Like, so in their mind, they're like, like, I don't want to make a budget because I already know I'm behind. So when I, when I feel like I'm no longer behind, that's when I want to make a budget. No, you don't have to wait until you feel like you got more money in the bills. No, you can start exactly with where you are. But that's a mental mindset because oftentimes people are like, no, no, I already know that, you know, I don't have enough money for this and that. It's like, well, let's find out. Because when we put sometimes when we put numbers on the budget, I never tell people what to cut, but I do ask questions. Right. So if if how important is it for you to have. Table. Right. Like like is the two hundred dollars a month, where else could you be putting that? <laughs> and sometimes when we're talking like. Man, Coach Lewis, I'm not even at home most of the days during the week, right? So it's just those questions of trying to get people to understand some things that we're loyal to is really killing our pockets and we don't even use as much. It's just a safety net because we felt like we've always had it for so long. So I can't give this up. My goodness. Yeah. So and people, they stay in this process with you. Cause this is hard work. Yeah, it's it's I, I, yeah, it's 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 work. Um, and I always tell people like this. I can't want it more for you than you want it from yourself. I want it for you. Like I want I want it for you. I want to walk through with you. Like you gonna be frustrated. There's sometimes you gonna leave. You're like, oh my god, why am I doing this? But you gonna come back. You stick around long enough. You gonna start seeing slow movements, more slow changes. Like all those things when it comes to things that you was like, that's not me. Well, it wasn't you. But we're working on you becoming that person versus you just doing the stuff. Oh my. So you're trying to change the mind, understand their why, yep. and help them create practical, yep. tangible, acquired skills yep. to yep. get them really out of Victimville from a financial perspective. Exactly. That's a huge thing. Um, what street sign should someone who's currently in Victimville pay attention to most? as it relates to their finances? I, I, I would say comparing themselves, mm. right? Comparing themselves because so often I feel like we, we, we compare our status to somebody else's status and really we're just looking at Instagram reels of people's lives, right? And you figure just because somebody else got it, then why can't I have it? Mm. And so we really have to start really ask ourselves the question like, okay, why do I want this? Because when you start comparing yourself, you start thinking if they have it, why can't I get it? And you don't even realize sometimes what you're trying to compare yourself to somebody. Yeah, they went to go get the car, but the interest rate is 20 percent. Not only that, I haven't seen anyone yet. Um, post their account balances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Nobody's showing their overdraft fees. Oh, no. Ain't nobody really putting up the credit score. So really, you you can get caught up, right, especially as it relates to social media in that highlight reel, yeah. not understanding, like, what's actually behind it, right? Because yep. yep. the real life happens between the post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would say really that street of, like, hey, b- comparing yourself to, to other people because you don't know what a person – is going through and everybody, this goes back to that original question. Your why may not be their why. So based upon your overall purpose and your why is going to determine how you move, which may be different from the next person because their why is different. Their why is different. Their, their, their why is different. Well, pastor, um, they gonna have to hire you to get anything else. I mean, you gave us mental barriers. Um, something I'm definitely taking away for myself is budget. A budget is giving your money purpose. Yeah. Every dollar, like giving. Yeah. So I have purpose as a person, but to give every dollar purpose, man, I, I absolutely. And, and and when I do budgeting, when we talk about budgeting, we do zero a zero dollar budget, right? Where when you budget. Like you should have no money left. Every dollar should be assigned to a category. Oh, wow. Right. So even if is it, the I, category, is there any categories that say miscellaneous? Or yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. You can have like you like it may say like, hey, you know, entertainment. Um, it, it may say restaurants, you know, like you when you're doing all your budgeting, we're putting down everything, right? If if you like say like you like to go to the salon, like we're putting that down. So every dollar that you have when it comes to your necessities, your wants, um, your extracurricular activities, like you've already assigned it. So when you're done at the top, it says zero. But the great thing is you've accounted for every dollar to be spent in some place somewhere, right? So if you have more, some if you say like, oh, well, I got $50 left after um, doing everything I want, then I'm going to say is, okay, where can we put that $50 at? Where can we put that extra $50 at on an extra bill, right? Because then if you're like, I want to go to financial freedom, your extra is not always being like, okay, let me go do what I want with it. It's like, okay, now I have a little bit more money to pay off what I'm trying to get from under. Yeah. So zero dollar budget. (laughs) Yeah. Every dollar budget. Wow. So every dollar has to have, what about the, is there any change? (laughs) Zero, zero. Zero zero dollars zero cents. Zero dollars. Wow, I appreciate this. This was a whole coaching session, so <laughs> I, I appreciate you. I hope um, that the listeners got um, a lot out of it. I know I have two pages of notes over here, Pastor. That I didn't even know. I want to say this to you, Bernice. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited for what God is doing. Um, through this platform and the value that you're adding to your audience, just array of different topics. Um, and so like, I'm excited about how many people are getting out of um, victim zeal, like just because of your commitment and your the value that you add 
and being so dope and being so connected to so many great people that's willing to come share to help people vacate victim field. Thank you so much, Pastor. It has been an honor and a pleasure. If you enjoyed this segment, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And to my tribe, the Victorious Vacators, you know what to do. Keep moving because your movement is the transportation to your transformation. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.